What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about... God, I want to talk about so much stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of happy I'm speaking to you about it. Mm -hmm. So, you grew up in Bed-Stuy. Yes. All right. So, first, this is my good friend. I feel like you're like my little brother, Rondell, who I'm so protective over. And I'll, I'll take that. I, <laughs> I love do. It. I just love you, right? So the first time I met you, I was like, who is this black man who is just looking at us? Like quiet, not saying much, but definitely observant. And as we got to know you, um, what is your story? Like, how do you maneuver through these streets with this almost glow about you that is protective, but yet welcoming at the same time? Where did that come from? Um, I think I'm still trying to figure that all out. Mm -hmm. I wasn't as quiet growing up. I was pretty outgoing for a long period of time. I was, in my early years, I had some class clown, I had a class clown phase. Did you now? Yeah. <laughs> I had a outburst kind of, maybe I would say seeking, seeking attention or, or, or needing to be or feeling like I need to be the center of attention for some time. Um, and that's then I've transformed into this kind of sort of stand in the back of the room and observe and, and watch and be wary of energy. Ah. Uh, interesting, interestingly enough, I think that came after this kind of dark spell I had. Maybe we could talk about that. But I think that's one of the traits I kept after kind of climbing out of a short period of depression I had some years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, it's interesting that you said dark spell and you also said depression, right? Mm -hmm. But the climbing out of it. We live in a time that everyone speaks about triggers and trauma and how they're either dealing with it or not dealing with it. But so I'm 50. Yay. Right. And I think in the time period of my life, what I've experienced is that you always will have these moments where you have to go into valleys and then you get to go up to mountains, right? Sometimes people look at the valleys as if it's the, the dark space or it's the depression space, but I think that's where a lot of the work gets done when you're really starting to feel like, why do I feel like this? You know, how am I, how am I even going to stop feeling this? I mean, I need to examine what's happening. So when you examined yourself, what did you see? Um... I saw, I, I watched myself go from like being lost and questioning every aspect of life. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Questioning at the time what I thought was the definition of a man and, 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 and my worthiness. Uh, at the time, relationship with, you know, with God and my spirituality and my, just my place on earth. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I had a, a, a feeling that if you're a good person and you work hard and you you do right by people, good things should happen to you. Then it should. Then it was like, but that's no. not how it happened. <laughs> that doesn't always happen. And it was like, no, <laughs> not even if you do things for what you think is the right reason, mm -hmm. uh, will people or will or will opportunities sway your way? So like, so that was a really tough tough spot. Um, but I also observed how much. Unfortunately, how much resilience I I held and mm -hmm. how much perseverance I had and 
and my ability to not sink deep to some bad thoughts I probably had at the time or some some bad decisions I could have made at the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think uh, I'm better because I I didn't make worse decisions as far as what happens when people are desperate and, and without money and without space and opportunities. Come on, talk I don't, about I it. I don't know what the reason was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if it was God. I don't know if I have this special ability. But there was definitely some moments where I was considering. I was broke for like, as an adult, I was broke for uh, a few years. And many times people in need of desperation right. would do crimes, mm-hmm. would do, uh, or resort to substance abuse, become violent, bitter, angry. And just fortunately, fortunately, I can't tell you how or why. I haven't discovered that. I don't know what made me special or less likely to, to succumb to those I'll say blessed. Things. I'll take blessed. I'll say blessed, yeah. I'll take blessed. Um, yeah, I, I, I just appreciate that. I appreciate that about myself, about my body, mm-hmm. about keeping it together. Because mm-hmm. my diet wasn't great. Mm-hmm. My sleeping wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, worse things didn't happen in a time where I really, like I needed lots of help. And I and I also wasn't the type to go ask for help. That part. I didn't want to put my mother in a position and like, hey, you, you did what you had to do to raise me. Yeah. And and my siblings for a long time, but hey, now I'm a grown person. I still need your help. But here's the thing, right? And so I have, I've given birth to five children. In our family, there's eight children. It's a huge blended family. Um, the youngest person in the family is 15, and so everyone is either somewhere in their 20s or in their 30s. And we had children, um, my partner and I, starting, I think he started having children at 19 and I started having children at 21, um, which meant that we didn't know what the heck we were doing, right? And we needed help. And that thought process of, I don't want to burden my family or my mother or my father with the asking of help, I think is one of the reasons why we were individually just swirling around in an abyss of like unknownness right and so back in the day community was based on our family community was based on a grandmother grandfather aunts and uncles you know we're all around and everybody was in everybody's business Mm -hmm. somewhere along the path we decided that no one should know what i'm doing i'm an individual i don't want to be you know burdensome what have you but it meant that you were now isolated from the actual help, right? From community, from the spiritual groundation that someone else got because they went through some things mm-hmm. and they learned some stuff from the things that they went through. And then you could glean from it. But somehow we've gotten this thought process that mm, maybe I'm not worthy of your time. I don't want to bother you. Yeah. Right. And I think for me, and I don't know if this is what you can say, when you decided to ask for help, whether it's from God, whether it's from your mother, whether it's from, you know, whoever, and then accepting or receiving, there was a different light that happened in my life. Did you find that for yourself? Um, I mean, honestly, I'd never, at that time, I still hadn't learned to Mm. ask for help. Mm -hmm. I probably would have gotten out of that hole a bit sooner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably would have learned a lot more uh, been a lot healthier at the time, but I, at, at a point in time, you know, I'll bring up my mother as often as I can. 
I, I just watched her work and work and work and work yeah. and work. So that's a trait I picked up from her, which mm-hmm. is not the it's not the healthiest trait to constantly be moving, to constantly work, but she got kids and she got bills. She got to do what she got to do. The only other option is to end up on the street, and she's not going to do that. Right. So I have picked up that trait for her for a long time. And I still have it, but there's rest now and there's recuperation. And um, So I, I had, at a point in time, while I was still very sad, I had decided in my mind that we're just we're gonna work. We're gonna do two or three jobs. I'm gonna be eating rice. My meal, my my meal at the time was <laughs> rice, butter, and ketchup. Come on now, <laughs> that's gourmet. You had ketchup. I had ketchup, but <laughs> ketchup. Butter? You get a big little bottle of ketchup for like two big bottles for ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's terrible for the body. It's oh, terrible course. for the mind and the spirit. And mm-hmm. um, I had. I went to the doctor. He told me I was pre-diabetic. And I was like, look at me. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, you're pre-diabetic. And my grandmother suffered from diabetes Mm -hmm. at a young age for a long time. And she ultimately succumbed to what came with that. Uh, But I didn't. I I did it. And I I wouldn't suggest that of people, even if it has worked out for me, at least up until this point. I wouldn't suggest that of people. Um, And I had people in my corner who would have helped, who wouldn't have uh, been ashamed of me for asking for at help. all, but just it's just I don't know culturally it's just something about because you're a man buttering other people. Also, yeah. you're a man. Like men are supposed to handle things. You're supposed to stand yeah. up, hold space. Or at least that's what we. What? Oh, it's a whole lie. Right. Right. <laughs> it's a whole lie. That's that's, that's <laughs> the kind of conditions of of being a man. You're not mm-hmm. a man if you have right. to depend on other people. If you can't pay the bills, provide and protect. Right. Um. Which is toxic in its own way because that means at all costs I would have to, even if it's at to the fault of my own body, my own spirit, the people that love me, as long as I protect and provide for them, then that's right. I'm doing my duties as a man, which is it's which is not the case. Yeah, not no. at all. So my family is from South America, my mother and my father, and um, my dad uh, passed away probably the same year that we opened up, so it's been about five years now. Mm. And I hadn't really had a close relationship with him in our latter, like, I'd say maybe for 10 years, really. Um, he was, his spirit is amazing. He's always, he's always with me. But his, um, his physical choices while he was here in this world, I didn't really understand, and I kind of resented Um, you know, there was, he was like a magical, humorous style icon, you know, just everyone knew him, but he also had a ridiculous temper Mm -hmm. that, you know, he could go from zero to a hundred. So you never knew what you were going to get. And then there was also the drug use. Right. And so when weed was just weed, it's like, okay. But then it was weed and it was crack and it was cocaine and it was all these things. And Mm -hmm. my family experienced those things. And so I was very resentful for a long time that I felt like my dad didn't fight for me. Like he didn't fight for his life to be with me. Right. And it's after he died, right. I was at his funeral and you know, he comes from a very big, big family, right? And so there was, like, this shame that, you know, daddy was, like, the black sheep of the family, and he never got any, you know, he was always doing something crazy, and and they didn't like him. And at his funeral, I realized, oh, my God, you're the favorite. 
you're actually the mm. favorite of this family, and we 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 got it all wrong, right? There was a lot of trauma that he was dealing with, just as a black man, a black immigrant man coming to this country. Um, he got into like the union, and he was like the only black man in there. So it was just like all this strife and crazy that was coming home with him that we didn't understand because we weren't out there in the world with him. And so he found coping mechanisms that weren't necessarily the best mm -hmm. to be able to function within this world. Um, and so it made me think now, like, what are better coping mechanisms? Because racism is going to be here, classism, classism is going to be here, all the things, it's going to be here. But what do we do to make sure that we're able to stand? I know as a black woman, some of the things that I do, it's it's centered around constantly telling myself, you know, you're good. Like, you don't have to prove anything to anyone. You're good. But for a black man, like, what are your coping mechanisms to kind of help you navigate through this process? Well, thank you for sharing that one and asking that, asking that question because I think it's, it's a great question. I, I want to, don't let me forget that question, but I want to sh share like the experiences with my father as Absolutely. well, which ironically, but not surprisingly, sounds pretty similar mm -hmm. to yours. And I'm 31, my father passed when I was nine years old. Hmm. Um, but certain qualities about me, my mother would tell me, you're just like your father. So yeah. I love old school music. Mm -hmm. I love uh, two-stepping, <laughs> right? Swaying the music, <laughs> dancing. I love the oldies. Yeah. So when I sing that with her or when I, you know, try to dance with her. She said, you're just like your father. Oh, man. And I don't have those memories of him, but somehow that quality has stuck with me. But my father was also, as I remember, um, he could light up a room as well. He had a big smile, mm -hmm. uh, little big teeth, mm -hmm. big ears. <laughs> uh, can also light up a room, but also, from a young age, was, was sick. Mm. He he had a condition in which he needed constant medical attention, uh, or at least monthly medical attention. Um, and his substance of choice was also alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I remember, even from a young age, that you know people have when alcohol seeps through their pores, they always smell like right. alcohol. So he he was that. And I remember, I remember remember the smell. I remember he loved Budweiser. I remember the big white and red cans. Yes, sir. And he would, he would have uh, another cousin of mine over, and they would drink. He would usually call me into the living room, take his glass to the kitchen. Of course. And it was really like a little bit of beer left. I used to drink it. Of course we did. <laughs> um, but Ours I, was Valentine Ale, and it was just like. <laughs> he always, it was just like a little bit left. And I don't, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if he did it on purpose, cause my, because my father was, like, he's let me get away with stuff. He definitely did it on purpose. Like, <laughs> I, rem I, cause I, I not to get distracted, but I, I peed in the bed when I was a kid. So my mother wouldn't want me to drink after a certain time. Uh-huh. So I would go to the, I'd be thirsty, though. I'll go to the bathroom. I'll turn the bathroom, uh, the tub faucet on, and I'll drink the water. So one time he came to the bathroom. And he saw me drinking it. He was, I was like, sorry. He was like, go ahead. Man, live. <laughs> but, <laughs> Gotta uh, live. <laughs> yeah, as we got older, um, I think him and my mother used to, you know, butt heads a little bit. So he might have to 
he might not be able to come home some nights. Mm-hmm. Like, T, his name was Terrell. She called him T. T, go, go somewhere. I want you in the house. So I remember he, at one point in time, and my mother also told me some of the details of this part. So at one point in time, he wasn't allowed to come home. Right. And he called my mother, and she said he, he said, Yvette, you know, my insides is messed up. I'm mm. getting sick. Mm. You know, it's really tough. And my mother was, told him, go to the doctor. Go to the hospital, get help. And he said, it's too late. Hmm. You know, I don't think I don't think they could do anything. My mother said, you know, if you believe in God, you trust in God, you'll get better. So he ended up going to the hospital. I think I think they took me to see him once or twice. And I vaguely remember the hospital room. It's kind of like a big hot it was big to me. I was nine little. years old. Mm-hmm. I remember him sitting on the bed. I remember him being a little he was a dark skinned man, but he was he was darker than than he was usually and it was heart problems so Mm -hmm. it might have made sense uh and he didn't make it Hmm. he 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 didn't make it he was gone um maybe a couple weeks later Mm -hmm. i remember my mother coming home and tell me and it took me as a shock uh i remember I remember when she told me it, it, it took me as a shock, but uh, I kind of seeped. I was leaning against the wall, kind of seeped down, mm-hmm. and she hugged me. And she was talking to me, but I can't remember, probably even heard what she said. I remember the same later that night, my sister came home. I have two sisters. My older sister came home. And when she told her, she, she sat her on her lap. Yeah. She hugged her, grabbed yeah. both her wrists. And she's like, what, what happened? What happened? And then she tells her, and she just starts to rip and run away. Somehow my mother knew that was going to be her reaction. She knows her children. Yeah. But for a long time, I remember I wrote, I, wrote my, I used to write poetry. My mother asked me, do you want to write something? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm sure you're sad. Maybe you don't want to, you can't communicate your feelings. You want to write something. So I wrote something. I remember, I have a picture of it somewhere. I remember I wrote, you know, I was writing to God. It was like, my fa- I know my father's a good person. I know he drank a lot, but mm-hmm. he was a good person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I got older, I felt the same way. Yeah, I was like, you know. <clears throat> and then I started realizing what broke is as I get older, because I go to my friend's house, and they fridge is more full than mine. Come on. <laughs> how y'all got that? <laughs> and, like, we, was, we were, I, I hate to say broke, because I know how, how my mother worked, but we didn't have it. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember chasing mm-hmm. roaches in the kitchen, Come like on. it was like it was a game. Like, it was a game. <laughs> but uh, for a long time, I mean, up until a couple years ago, I had some resentment. I felt the same as a man. You know, it's tough out here. You know, my mother's amazing. You know, you got four kids. How, how could you take care of yourself? Why, why, why couldn't you put the bottle that, down? That. Why couldn't you? <clears throat> did you not love us enough to take that, care of yourself to be that, there for us? Yeah. And then I learned more about it. I have experiences with the healthcare system, and it's not great. It's not kind to us. So if, if he had to visit the hospital, mm-hmm. and he didn't have like he didn't have like a real secure job, if he had mm-hmm. to visit the hospital, you don't have insurance. You know what that bill is going to be. And you like. said it was like monthly that he had. He to, had. He was yeah. monthly. He had to yeah. go. He's supposed to go to the doctor a month mm-hmm. and get a a shot or injection. Mm-hmm. It's hard to ask my mother questions about it because 
It's pain. That, that was her. Yeah. She was with him for 20 years. Ooh. My brother's uh, 10 years older than me, so she was with him. And he died when I was nine, so. Wow. Um, but I, it started to make more sense, the experiences that black people have at. So then how did you, what, knowing and feeling all of that, what has, and thank you, thank you so much for sharing that. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that yeah. about you. Yeah. And I'm looking at your lady, and she is just going, wow, you mm -hmm. see, you're getting to learn some stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, how, how did it, it inform your developing coping mechanism for yourself? Because I, you know, now I'm just like, oh, man, Daddy, I get it. I get why yeah. it was so hard. Yeah. You know, I make it, it's a hard choice every day. I was telling my kids, like, there's moments in my life where crack was an option. It could have mm -hmm. been. If I knew how to buy crack, I probably would have, right? Mm -hmm. But it was just, it was so much pain and so much confusion that I saw people walking in the world um, looking for escapes. But my anchor was always my children. Like, I knew I had to... I had to be present no matter what was happening. I had to scramble and fight to make sure that I could stay present for them. But if I didn't have them as an anchor, I'm not sure where, you know, like the pain would have taken me. Yeah. And so I figured out some coping mechanisms. But what are yours? Um, I still believe that there's, there's, there's something that I haven't discovered yet. Because I believe people who... People who succumb to crack or or, or violence or crime, they mm -hmm. love their families too. Of they course. love their kids as of well. Of course, of course. But the, how easy it is! It's not. It's not actually, it's actually hard not, to buy crack. Well, for me, <laughs> I, I was just like, I don't really know where the crack man is. So I mean, <laughs> it wasn't. It's I mean, it's gonna be hard for me. I could point you in the direction. I'm sure I still would have because I know. <laughs> not that have, I bought it, but I swear to God, I would be like having a conversation with them that would not be conducive to myself. Like, tell me why are you doing this, though? In, the, <laughs> in certain communities, you're probably three conversations away from getting. Of smart. course. Of course. You know. This community. Yeah. yeah we can absolutely. go to Myrtle easily. Mm -hmm. um, we, ain't gotta, we ain't really got to go that far. Right. Trust. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but my coping. Now and what happened and what happened in that space was I spent a lot of time alone, mm -hmm. which fortunately I've just picked up reflection, yeah. like looking looking back at how the day went. Mm -hmm. What did I like? Mm -hmm. If I ate this food, if it made me feel good, remember that. If I ate this food and it tasted good, it made me feel bad, remember that. Remember right. that. You asked me when I got here, how did I sleep? Right. I slept well yesterday. Yep. What did I do before I went to sleep? I had some tea, listened to some music. I listen to some podcasts. Coping mechanisms. Um, so it's sometimes it's as simple as listening to your body and watching the results. Yep. If I had a good night's rest, I had a good breakfast, and my energy felt good, mm -hmm. let me repeat that behavior. Mm -hmm. If I read a book and um, I learned something from it and it helped me reflect on a situation I could have handled differently, let me do that again. I love that. If I come get a massage... And my back stops hurting. This is a true story. Let me do that again. Let me let yeah. me let me do that. It's real simple. Yeah. But it only gets to be simple if you slow down in that that space of reflection, right? So not slow down like, oh, I'm working so hard, but mm -hmm. slow down your thoughts, right? There's, I think everybody's having those all these stories about all these stories that they tell themselves based on what they've experienced, right? So you experience the loss of your father, 
you experience being broke. You experience going into other homes and realizing that, hey, you guys may have a little bit more. They had insure. I was like, what's insure? What's insure? It's like you could just drink that. Well, you don't have to I, save it. I mean, like we, I thought really like my uncles were rich because we would go to their house in Queens. They had a house in Queens. Mm-hmm. We lived in Vanderveer Projects. It wasn't Vanderveer, whatever. Vanderveer. We lived in Vanderveer Projects Rest for peace, a Michael year. Kay. Right. Exactly. All right. And so I didn't realize that he was from there until I, I saw like a, um, I think someone posted something that it was like a video that was a vigil. Of there. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so afraid living in Vanderveer Projects. Like mm-hmm. my mom used to, uh, she was working a full-time job, of course, and then she went to school, um, Pace University, and nine o'clock she was coming home, like from the train station, which, you know, for a six-year-old, nine o'clock seems like midnight, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm hearing gunshots going, and I know she has to walk to come home, and it was terrifying, but it was home, right? So you, by the time you came into our apartment, it was beautifully decorated, and there's plants all over the place, and incense burning and all Mm -hmm. of that but outside of that door it was a whole nother world right and then i would go to queens to my uncle's house and it was like y'all got a yard and a dog and a they had a den i didn't understand what a Mm. den was it was like so what do you do here you just sit around and play games i was like how Mm -hmm. (laughs) like we have a one-bedroom apartment and it's four of us and you know, there's a bunk bed in the bedroom and my mom and dad's bed is there next to us you know and it's like you start understanding very early in life contrasts, like what you have is enough until you go out in the world and see that there's something more, right? And so that could be moved as a negative, but it also could be moved as influence into how it is you wanna lead your life. Mm -hmm. Like I grew up in the 80s, right? And so by the time the 90s hit, I had seen in the 80s, I was like in high school, so crack had just happened in our community, and crack is a big thing in my life, right? Because it's like I've lost two brothers to gun violence. They all hustled on a certain level. Mm-hmm. I've lost a myriad of friends um, just being in high school. You just heard so-and-so got shot, and it, w- it didn't dawn on you that shot meant like you could die, yeah. right? Until they died. And so this when this insurgent of... I want to say it's like a scourge in our community that came in and they started taking people's parents and their mothers and so forth. It always made me feel like, how can I distance myself as far away from this as possible? And for me, it was, I just delved into books and reading and education and learning about spirituality. And I didn't really go to a lot of the parties because I had a curfew because mm-hmm. my mom was like, yeah, you could go to the party, but you have to be home by 10. Excuse me? Mm-hmm. The party started at 10. Party started at 10. <laughs> right? So I stayed home. I didn't have all the money for the clothing, and I didn't want to boost. I didn't want to steal. I didn't want to yeah. have sex with people to get the clothes. So I just stayed home, right? Yeah. I think that staying home made me start to really be okay with me because there was things in the world that I really couldn't access and in the way that other people did. And so I had to really become very comfortable with me and I didn't understand that's what I was doing until I became uncomfortable with me and I had to go back to that feeling of comfortability and realizing that I'm the constant Mm -hmm. I think what I hope you know for this conversation to really shed light on is that and for anyone who's listening is that none of us have all the answers like there's no right answer like I woke up this morning and you know I read this particular book and then 
all the light shine on all my problems. Yeah. It's a constant process. There's days where you start off and you feel like, yo, I got it. And then there's days where I feel like, the heck am I doing? Yeah. You know, like, and why are people asking me? Because <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah. It's every day is a, a trial. But I want to ask something else that I'm really happy about. So you're engaged. Mm-hmm. Yay, yay. Okay. Right? Who were you? Who were you five years ago? And would that man have been able to express the kind of love that he is expressing now? Maybe. I've been I've been manifesting love and marriage and the family for maybe seven, eight years. Why? Um I'm a mama's boy. I remember I remember at some point in time, some fight my mother and father was having, he'd be like, You know I'm gonna marry you <laughs> <laughs> And she'd be like, Yeah, you always say that to you. So that stuck in my head, the value of family, mm. um, that image, that picture, yeah. how my life would have been different with a father in a household or, or seeing those images. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had different experiences with relationships when I was younger. Like I, I met some really like great women at right. a young age, and right. I think that helped shape me that I wasn't scorned the same way some other people fellas might be at a young mm-hmm, age where they mm-hmm. feel like you can't trust women or mm-hmm. they just want you for your money and mm-hmm, I'm like mm-hmm. like some of the women I met they were like suit like amazing and then you Ma- had amazing, your mother as an example right amazing right. people like mm-hmm. n- not just amazing partners or like they're just amazing people and I'm like like I want that I- I've had a couple of friends when I was younger and oh, my yeah, experiences relationships with them versus a great woman come on now Wow. It doesn't. It doesn't compare like that. That feeling, that love, and I w- decided like I will risk grasping for that, trying to attain that at the sake of maybe getting my heart broken, or maybe mm. getting played, or maybe somebody taking advantage of How me. How brave! Yeah, I know. That is so. But brave. the but the reward is so much greater. Absolutely, the reward is so much greater. You, and it's tough to 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 think of all the people in the world. I have to find someone who likes me, that I like. <laughs> We're attracted to each other. We're both available. Right. We're not toxic for each other. Mm-hmm. We live in proximity of each other, if if that's that's my style. But, um, they don't have any major like burdens they're dealing with at the time where they can express their feelings of love towards you. That's, Which meant they did some work. Right. Right. But that That is an anomaly that we get to find people who we want to spend the rest of our, our lives true, with or true, that we feel true. that we want to spend the rest of our lives with. But what's more important now than it was maybe five years ago is that when I met my fiance, I didn't have as much work to do with myself. So if I right. met, if I meet someone great, we can have a great time amongst each other because I'm not dealing with abandonment the way I was five years ago. Ooh, I'm, not dealing talk with, about that. I'm not dealing with, uh, I believe in monogamy even before the relationship begins. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to, like, when mm-hmm. we start talking, tell three other girls, like, look, I know you're cool with just weekly fling. But I don't have to have that conversation. Right. I don't have to struggle with temptation to, to step out of my relationship Ooh. because I've been practicing monogamy before For we even met. a long time. Mm-hmm. Before we even met. So 
um, it was important that not only that it, it helps that she's amazing, it helps that I love her, she loves me, it helps that I can trust her, but also I, I made a decision that I'm going to make a, a daily right. decision right. To, to pour into this, to do what's best for us. Um, it's it's an immediate return of investment because I feel good. Yep. I sleep good. Yep. Uh, she helps me. She supports me. She's there for me. She adds to my life. So it, it, it's easy. I, I would much rather that than uh, than having to have the unknown of where my heart is going to end up. Wow. For so the rest I'm of my thinking life. about you know shining a light on the part of this has been a a long journey. Like you didn't just wake up and say, oh, you know, this yeah. is what I'm going to do. It's like, yeah. again, the progression of that self-work mm -hmm. of really saying, well, here's what I want to experience. This is what I'm willing to do for myself. This is what I'm not accepting. This is what I will accept. Brought you to a space where you were able to find that anomaly. You yeah, know? and be ready for it. Right. When we first met, we spoke about marriage. Because even women I've dated before Ooh. her, the f our first date... If I uh, the first date the first date I'm letting you know why I'm here. Come through. I'm here. Look, <laughs> I want. I'm letting you know right now. Um, I want to get married. Mm -hmm. I want to have children. Mm. I'm not as interested in. Let's have a good time for six months and then figure it out. Then, like, I need to know. Right. Or I want. I want to feel like a woman at least has the capacity that we have the capacity with each other. Uh, together right. to uh, achieve that goal and okay. work throughout this crazy life together with the kids and the family and our families combining and things like that. So um, I've I've been doing the work since a long time before I met her. Okay. Okay. So, whew, family. 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 Um, that, wow. That just, that's so good. <laughs> Yeah. I just want to sit in in that because I remember um, I've known Ade for good lord I don't even know I don't even know when I didn't know him um, it's over 30 years I think right and we both were in separate relationships but when we decided to come together it was because we had both individually had done some some growing and you were not like grounded in some real actions about how you would take care of yourself and how you would put yourself first, you could get lost in that and it could become very confusing because it wasn't just our immediate family. It was like other parents, other mothers, other fathers that were also involved in the story. And so I think what I heard you say made me remember, you know, we both were dating other people, right? And... Um, I remember asking him, you know, Ade is a man of, he's a man of a lot of words, but he's also a man of few words, right? Mm -hmm. And so I wanted him, I wanted a fairy tale. I want to be with you because you're so beautiful and I mm -hmm. love you and you're the best thing ever and that's why I'm never going to talk to any other woman. And it was never that with him. He's like, I, I don't want the confusion anymore. Mm -hmm. I just want to be with someone who is, you know, really ready to be un just unbelievable in this world, who has good character, who is you know, taking care of themselves. It was always big for him. Like, are you taking care of yourself? Yeah. Like, if you're not eating correctly, if you're not correctly meaning fueling yourself, mm -hmm. if you're not getting enough rest, if you're not exercising, you know, I don't think Ade cares if you had on a million-dollar dress and, you know, like, you 
whatever. He's like, but can you run can you <laughs> if something happens? Can you <laughs> can, can you, you pick up something? Can, can you, you tell the story where he knew you was you wasn't drinking water? When he oh my god, there's so many <laughs> stories like that. When uh, he when he uh, touched your lips. I can't remember that particular story. I can tell it. Yeah, go ahead. Tell I think it. I think you. Yeah, I think y'all were y'all was just getting ready for bed. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You want to tell it? Yeah. No, no. It's that happens often. Right? He's, He's getting ready for bed, yeah. and mm-hmm. he just reached over. He just, if you're listening, <laughs> he he just touched her lips, and he was like, "You're not drinking enough water." <laughs> and he gets up, and he gets the water. Like so, even this morning, right? Like I last about maybe ten days ago. Two weeks ago, actually, I started this um, detox of sugar, right? And he's really supportive of anything that is around my health. And so, but he goes to the extreme, Lord. Mm -hmm. He does. So, like, I'm like, okay, I'm not eating sugar anymore. I'm taking it out of my diet. I'm changing some things. No more rice, no more whatever, right? And so he's making sea moss and, you know, fresh almond milk Mm. in the kitchen with no maple syrup, no Mm. nothing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, here, drink this. And I'm exercising on the floor. He's like, you ready? I'm like, I mean, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. So the other day he blended up oregano and he's like, this is going to be good. I said, I don't think it's going to be good, man. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't. I don't think this is the one that I don't think is going to be good. (laughs) Rondell, thank you. Thank you for sharing some tea with me Mm -hmm. and some, you know, I feel like I know you even more. And I'm sure what we've spoken about is going to light up some people's hearts. So I appreciate you so much. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you too, man. All right. We did it. We're amazing. One down.